Daniel from Collective Shout is a youth advocate, educator and event host and Daniel partners with schools and communities to challenge porn culture and the sexualisation of women and girls. Daniel works with young men across Australia to reimagine healthy expressions of masculinity and manhood and good morning and welcome to Studio Daniel. Thank you so much Mike, great to be here. Nice to uh, have that you've got time to come in and, uh, and join us this morning, really appreciate you coming in. Daniel, I guess, I guess just to start off, what made you want to speak to young people um, about these issues regarding objectification, sex building, uh, healthier relationships, uh, masculinity, all those things? That's a great question, Mike. What's the yeah. motivator? You definitely don't wake up in the morning going, do you know what I want to do is talk to teenage boys about <laughs> pornography and sexualization. But yeah. I do love it, you know. I'm ultimately motivated because I care for the young people. They are negotiating challenges now that previous generations haven't, you know. And it's it's our role as adults or older friends or older brothers and sisters to help them through these conversations. And for me personally, like, you know, with everything, we have our own narrative that we bring to these conversations. And I was bullied a lot through high school. I went to an all-boys school. I didn't fit the stereotype, you know, mm-hmm. so I, as a result, experienced particular slurs as a result of that. And it always made me just wonder what, what is going on with the socialization of boys where we just go after people and we hound them and we try and cripple them with bullying and name calling and, and we just see that play out. And so I guess I want to push back on that and give boys the permission that they don't have to conform to these harmful stereotypes, mm-hmm. that they can be courageous and resilient, but they can not do that at the cost of their empathy and their kindness and, and who they want to be in the world. So it's giving them permission and and ultimately, when we get these things wrong, we see the harms, we see the hurts for so many people. We've seen that with the testimonies of thousands of schoolgirls and, and sexual assault across Australia. So it's important that we get these right as a society. And, and, and we want to do that because we actually want good for these young people. We want to give them an opportunity to, to reflect and have, have a conversation, you know, with mm. themselves and with one another. If you've got a question for Daniel, you can text in now, 0429-985-985. We've got some questions already coming oh, through, wow. Daniel, so we'll try and get to those very quickly. Thank you for that. But uh, when you go and speak to school students, what, what sort of questions do they ask you? Are they, are they pretty brave? Like, do they really open up to you because you're not at the, a teacher at the school? I, th- I think it gives me an advantage in some ways and, and it's a privilege to be there and to be in that space where, you know, young people do ask you questions. It takes them a while to get going, but by the end of it, we actually can't uh, get everybody to be quiet and then we, we find out that they've, they've stayed up past you know 30 minutes past their lunch break to continue chatting with us the girls are hilarious the girls always want to know which boys schools we're going to you oh, know right. <laughs> they give us suggestions of bless course. them uh, but but in all seriousness you know the, the girls ask some pretty heartbreaking questions you know Mm. They want to know how how they can actually say no, how how they can push back on demands for naked selfies. You know, they they want to be equipped to actually push back on this, and 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 they still want to have good relationships with the boys. They say, well, how do we have good friendships with the boys? How how can we just form you know platonic relationships? And we just want to hang out. You know, we don't want it to be sexualized. So they're trying to find out how they can negotiate this. And I I think I know that I've done a half decent job with the boys when they ask some really good questions and. I'm always impressed with them. Once we give boys the opportunity to think about these issues, it's actually extraordinary what they come up with. They say things like, how, how do we not be a bystander? How can we actually disrupt this stuff, whether it's in public, at a party, and, in, you know, combat harassment? And, you know, I'm always, always so grateful when a boy says, you know, how do I know if I've got a problem with pornography? 
Wow. And that gives me a free hit, you know, and yeah. then, and what can we do then? So, yeah. yeah. My guest in the studio this morning is Daniel from Collective Shout. Now, the following discussion may cause distress or trauma. If the topic which we've been chatting about this morning has triggered or distresses you in any way, please reach out to Lifeline on 13114. Now, Daniel, um, you speak to a lot of students at schools. Tell me about how do you approach the parent and teacher presentations? What does that look like? Yeah, hopefully with a lot of humility, given I'm neither a parent nor a teacher. <laughs> yeah. uh, but obviously our, our intent for that is to equip parents. You know, I think it's easy to feel like this problem is so massive. Social media is so big. The sexualized images are just everywhere. And obviously the problem of pornography. And we, we take them through, you know, a realistic depiction of what's actually going on, what we're hearing from students. We don't want anyone to not be unaware because if we're not honest about this, it's, it's the kids that obviously get in harm's way. Um, yeah. But we take them through that and then we give them ways that they can actually have these conversations with their children, what they can do in terms of acting personally and acting collectively to address this, both in their homes, in their school communities, uh, but also out in public, you know, and, and, and politically as well. Do you think they're shocked when they hear? I mean, you mentioned earlier about naked selfies and mm. that kind of like, what? That's a thing? Yeah, that is a thing. Yeah, unfortunately so. Wow. Okay. Look, we've got some messages coming through. Uh, thank you, uh, Jenny from Beachboro. Now, Jenny's got a question. What are some examples of questions or conversation starters that we can bring up with young people, both primary and high school, to encourage open discussion around these topics that is gentle and not discouraging? We have ne uh, nieces and nephews and want to be talking with them in this space at some point, but want to make sure it is healthy and appropriate depending on their ages. What are your thoughts on that from Jenny from Beachborough? Thanks for the question, Jenny. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not an expert or a psychologist, but from the books that I've read and, and how I've approached these conversations with the younger people in my life and my you know, friends and family, is I, I like to get a sense of where they're at. So instead of um, you know, speaking at the children, I, I think you know same thing that I do with the teenagers, getting a sense of, well, where do you think babies come from? You know, getting a sense of how they understand sex and love and intimacy and, and, and how they relate to their own bodies. And, and children are always, I've found, to be quite forthcoming. So are teenagers, you know, when you give them an opportunity to reflect. And then you know how to picture age appropriate, you know, because every child is different. Every child's been exposed to different things. And the biggest thing that we, we, we encourage parents is just not to freak out, you know, not to, not to react if your child does open up to you and says that they've seen something that scared them or hurt them online or made them feel uncomfortable. It is, it, I can't imagine that feeling as a parent, but we, we just say we, we want to keep those lines of communication open. We don't want to overreact. We want them to feel safe to continue to come to us, you know, to, to, to share these things. What sort of, what age group are you talking to in, with, in high schools, Daniel? Because um, Jenny mentioned about both primary and high. Are you talking to students at the first year in high school? Are you talking to them a bit later, like in the year 11, 12? What, what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, all, all years. So, yeah, from year 8 to 12. But, but we also speak to year 5, 6 and 7s. Now, the content's obviously very different. It's very much about having a healthy relationship with your body, about consent, your own autonomy. And, for example, that was a recent session that was with parents and their children at that younger age. But yeah, for high school, it's it's eight to twelves, and 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 unfortunately, the, the tragedy of this is you, we need to be having these conversations younger. You know, we have year seven and eight students telling us pretty horrific stories of, you know, what they're being sent on their phones, what they're seeing online, how they're speaking to one another. You know, being compared to really sexualized and graphic images that they're seeing online, uh, and we've seen that here, and that's not only the you know that's not the only things that we're encountering, but it is happening younger. 
Um, and I know that may be confronting for listeners to hear, but that no one is helped if we don't help young people through this and, and be aware of these challenges. Mm-hmm. Jenny, thank you for your text message. We've got some more questions coming through. We'll get to those in just a moment, Daniel. But I'm curious to know student feedback. What sort of feedback do you get from the students after you've, you've come, you've spoken to them, um, you've left? What happens after that? Yeah, that's, that's what keeps us going. You know, having the young women come up to us afterwards and say, thank you so much. We've never heard anyone tell us this before. We've never known that we actually had a say in all this, that we can say no. And I know that seems so tragic to our generation and so foreign, but these young women don't even feel like they can say no because culture and so much of this sexualization is grooming them. It's preparing them to, to inhabit a world that sexualizes them all the time. Uh, and so for us, that is, that is, that's what you know, gets us going is when, when these young women stand up and say, you know, like, we just don't want this anymore. This is what we want. We want to form healthy relationships. And, and for the boys, it's great when, when they run with it and they commit to being courageous and using their masculinity for good to, to not be bystanders. You know, and I, I think that for me is, is the real confirmation. Mm-hmm. The, the best bit of uh, confirmation we had was last week at a particular all-boys school where the mm-hmm. lunchtime siren went and uh, the head of year came up to us afterwards and said, oh, you must have done a good job because not one boy shuffled in their seats to leave for lunch and they just continued to lean into the conversation and that's something that stayed with me and has encouraged me, yeah. Wow, that is very encouraging. Uh, Daniel, we'll try and get through these. We've got heaps coming through. Thank you for your text messages and thank you if you're joining the conversation on Facebook Live as well. Uh, Thank you, Vic from Eglinton says, uh, porn related, uh, can we please ask the question why porn is so open? The government clearly uh, have the power like in terrorism to censor online and control what we see can't it be limited with a credit card number uh, does it have to be expensive it doesn't have to be expensive I'm sure porn sites and adult stories will love this uh, kids don't have credit cards can't we start a petition to limit free porn What's your thoughts on that from Vic? From it's fantastic. Vic, Vic. Thank you so much, Vic. You've given me a free hit to speak to something. That he says we have to do something. We have to do something. Yeah. And, and the reality is the evidence is there. It's 100% clear the harms of pornography and sexualization. Just to go on a little aside, mm. people who are exposed to sexualized content have a diminished view of women's morality, competency, and humanity. There's a meta study that points to that. I can supply you know, the listeners afterwards. So we're not talking about something small because we know what happens when we diminish the humanity of other people. And this is exactly what pornography does. And the harms in particular for children being exposed to this are frightening. And we hear stories all across the country about you know, children having to be in therapy, you know, getting help and being so traumatized by what they're seeing or being exposed to. And a lot of them aren't looking for it. It finds them. And that's why, Vic, you're 100% right. We need to do something about this. So Mm-hmm. And whilst I have the opportunity, I just would love to speak to the Protecting the Age of Innocence report that was tabled uh, at Parliament House at the beginning of 2020. And for all listeners, I would go and speak with your members. They are there to represent you. And if they're not looking after the best interests of their children, of our children, then I don't know what they're there for. Ultimately, that is what government is there to do. Uh, and so I would encourage them to look into the Protecting the Age of Innocence report. You can download it. It was presented to the House of Representatives Standing Committee on Social Policy and Legal Affairs. And this looks into, we need to have age verification as a very minimum. As far as I'm concerned, pornography should be banned because there is absolutely no good for it. But at the very least, can we please put age verification? Children should not be exposed to this. They shouldn't be able to access it, you know? Yeah, thanks, Daniel. And just, we'll go to, to another break, but just, we've got to also, thank you, Deborah from Les Moody. We were talking about at what age to have these conversations. Now, Deborah says, I teach in primary school, uh, ideas for conversation for year fours. Year four. Yep. Is that a bit early? Yeah. 
it, it, it's not, and it's not in the sense that we, we have to have a sexualized conversation with them, but mm. there's no reason we can't be talking to even younger children about their own body, about respecting themselves, respecting others, understanding, you know, what their private parts do and that they are their own, you know, and, and what consent is. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a whirlwind tour of sexualization, yep. but it's age appropriate to help them understand who they are and to be able to make good decisions and to know if they're in danger, to know that they can talk to mummy and daddy. You know, that's the important part with those conversations. Daniel, got some more questions coming through. Fantastic. Surprise, surprise. It's, it's been great, hey? We've had so oh, many great questions coming through. Got a question from Sunny from Como. It says, hey, Dan, how do we start disruptive conversations with people we have known for a long time? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, mm. Sonny. This is, this is super important and, and, a, and a conversation I have with, with the boys and, and with the girls, but in particular with the boys to disrupt those harmful narratives, to, to intervene when we see someone saying, a, you know, an author offhand remark or a sexist joke or you know these sorts of things that that we've all heard from time to time and and we give them a list of things you know you don't have to go and take on a whole crusade about the history of feminism and and unpack each point and you know but what you can say things like I don't get it mate you know I don't know if we'd agree with that yeah what did you mean by that Mm. I don't think that's you know I don't think that's all right you know, or, or you could just walk away. You could just walk away and not engage. You know, if you don't feel comfortable to to to, to verbally disrupt. Um, but yeah, I think I think we owe it. You know, to to the people in our lives to make them feel safe to to let them know that comments like that aren't going to fly. Mm. Sunny, thank you very much for your question. Uh, Daniel, we'll take a break. Keen to, we'll come back and wrap things up this morning. Uh, but we are going to continue tonight. So we've got some other uh, questions that have come through. And um, I'm just going to thank you for some of your comments and questions via Facebook. Um, this one is uh, saying, I haven't got your name, but thank you. You may be aware of the collection of stories from New South Wales young women uh, documenting their experiences of rape, sexual assault and sexual harassment at the hands of their male classmates and the petition calling for better consent education. Uh, Do you think education is enough to address this issue? Thank you for that question. We're actually going to tackle that tonight at a later time between 7 and 8. But we'll come back. It is a great question. Thank you for that. We'll come back and wrap things up. Just to finish off for this morning, Daniel, but we're going to get you back from between 7 and 8 p.m. tonight. This work you do obviously is quite challenging with lots of uh, heartbreaking stories, I would imagine. What gives you hope in all this? Yeah, it's a great question, actually. I get this asked often. People always say, you're always upbeat and so excitable at the end of the day. (laughs) And it's because, yes, we've confronted some really dark and confronting issues, but seeing the young people's eyes light up, you know, to get a story last week from one of the all-girls schools where they said, you know, watching her, the teacher said, watching the girls, like, stiffen up in their seats and find their voice and speak out you know and just seeing that across the room you know hearing that and hearing that report it just fills you with such hope and such you know comfort that if we give these young people an opportunity to actually critique these messages to look at this cultural formation that they're finding themselves in where they're being preyed upon and groomed by so many toxic messages once they get the opportunity to see that they're being lied to they then want better for themselves and it's the same for the boys the boys want to break free of some of these more harmful stereotypes and actually be healthy good young men they want to form good relationships they want to be men of integrity and it's about giving them the opportunity and modeling that showing that that we're going to celebrate that as a culture we're going to you know validate that 
Um, and so, yeah, a couple of the most beautiful stories was, you know, some of the boys that we encountered over the last few weeks in WA was just extraordinary. One of them in particular stayed around afterwards and he just said, I'm just so sick of hearing, de- you know, derogatory remarks made about women, you know in the world and he's like I just want to I just want to call it out and we said to him where, wow. where did that where did you get that from young man and he said oh my dad wow my dad has been such a good role model for me he's just modeled that in how he t- treats my mum and how he's raised us kids he just expects us to you know be respectful and to be kind and I was like wow it moved us deeply wow, that's incredible Daniel um, we are out of time this morning really appreciate you coming in uh, we're going to catch up tonight between 7 and 8 and go a little bit deeper as I mentioned but you are also you're heading uh, you're heading off from Perth uh, at the end of the week when are you next back in Perth yeah, fantastic. Can't is, wait. Is, is the demand getting higher? I yeah, imagine. I think with everything happening nationally in the cultural conversation we're having, yes, it, it is. There is a demand. There is a need for this. And, and people have seen it. COVID has only amplified the challenges of increased screen time, of what children are you know, having to mm-hmm. negotiate at home. And parents as well. I feel for them. So, yes, we will be back in August. We're going to be here speaking in schools in August and look forward to it. I'm obviously a Perth boy originally, so I love any opportunity to come back and enjoy family, friends in the sunshine here and, and to engage with the with the schools here so thank you so much mike it's been a real privilege to be here with you pleasure having you in and thank you for all of your text messages and also if you've been watching via facebook live as well we're going to continue this conversation tonight and go a little bit deeper between 7 and 8 p.m you are on 98.5 you're it's good to have your company